Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. I don't know why you can't start the podcast without laughing. It's just peculiar. <laughs> Welcome back to the Rickshaw's podcast, everybody. It's because it's literally silence. We do a few weird ASMR noises in the microphone and then we like start the podcast guys welcome back myself rick shields guy producer guy um <clears throat> we've stopped calling it the ed brown podcast it was good white lasted do you know why why because we've now ranked 24th on the podcast list oh christ i know and i honestly think it's ed's fault eddie's on a thin line at the moment <laughs> as we've said the podcast rankings they change back and forth <laughs> up and down we only ever want to talk about them on my high so when we're number one, number two, you'll know about it. When yeah. we're any lower than that, we won't mention it. We were. We were, we were, we were up there. Anyway, guys, welcome back. We've got a, a fantastic episode coming your way. Uh, we're talking distance and how the RNA and USGA are trying to do something about the distances players are hitting the golf ball. And we're going to discuss that from a pro level and an amateur level. We're going to talk about golf club reviews and whether reviews do better as a positive review or a negative review um also we've got loads more topics and questions coming in from uh, twitter facebook group etc etc um should we get on to the biggest topic of the week though guy which is your new driver i have a new driver I it do. feels like every week you're getting something new at the moment i decided that i had a lot of nike stuff in the bag as some listeners may know and it was this is ridiculous because the Nike stuff I had in the bag performs, performed in, in past tense really well. But I just got to the point where it's like, I'm looking at my golf clubs in the bag and they feel old because Nike don't make stuff anymore. So I've got some new irons. I've got some, I keep on saying AP2s, but they're not, T100s. But the big talking point, the driver. I have gone Cobra, Speed Zone, Extreme, Matte Black and White, and it looks fresh. Yeah, the SZ, not the SZ, the SZ, yes. Speed Zone. No, it's a good driver to be fair. I've got, I'm still rocking the F9. If I didn't have the F9 in the bag, I'd probably put Speed Zone in the bag. It's just that it's not enough of oh, a difference. The only reason now, I had an M5 beforehand, and obviously in terms of distance, I'm sure this will go no further. But as you obviously know, it the, the SZ Extreme, it has a much like bigger profile it it, it looks and i know it's not because obviously there's a legal limit on head size it looks bigger than most drivers 100 percent, and it's quite squashed back and it's big i took one of forgiving um, 100 that's the thing i took one of yours the sample ones to drive range of the night and i hit quite a lot like healy ones where i felt they'd want to kind of go left to right or a few toe ones for me is my horrendous or it hooks off to the left and it did feel, I use the word feel, it felt more stable. I've not done any numbers, see if it is, but I like the look of it. And I think for me, 
confidence with a golf club is a massive thing. I do. I, and, and it goes back to, you know, why people might buy golf clubs. Confidence is a huge one. When something looks mm. brand new, shiny in your bag, and you want to go to the driving range and hit it because it's new and it's fresh, and it, it's just it's a placebo effect potentially, but it does have added benefits when you take it out on the golf course. Uh, but there might be a limit put in place of how far you're going to be able to hit the golf ball guy. As long as it you, remains you. 12 yards further than you, then everything is all good. Oh, wow, you've been waiting for that. Yes. Did you write that down in your notes? Um, yeah, so this week, and we're going we're gonna to talk about it, even though it, you know, it might not be on everybody's radar. It's very golf kind of geeky. Um, it's all over like Golf Channel, and there's a few, a few news outlets have picked up on it over the last week. Long and short of it, the USGA and the RNA, which are the governing bodies of golf globally, they have teamed up, as they do with all the rule changes, collaboratively, and they have decided that the golf ball and, therefore, equipment is making the ball go too long. Um, they've done research over the last hundred-odd years mm-hmm. and figured out distances are increasing. Therefore, golf courses have needed to increase in size. Therefore, they're taking up more land than ever before. They take, they're costing more to maintain. And for the future proofing of the game they feel like it's an issue yeah that needs to be resolved they've just not come up with what the plan is to resolve it yet and that is where it's going to get very interesting very interesting so they've released a 100 page documentation about the uh about the actual findings they've they've been doing the research for the last couple of years um one interesting stat that i just picked up on and, and this might just make it very simple in kind of layman terms the average driver distance for golf professionals in 1995 was 278 yards. Okay. In 2019, the average distance was 310 yards. That's 32 yards longer in 24 years. That is a lot. It's probably about what we find in product testing. Yeah. Typically, um, you most products, new driver, you might find... Half a yard, a yard, if we be, you know, over time that does add up. And over 24 years, manufacturers with the golf ball, I think the golf ball is a big one, a big changing point for why distances have gone up enormously. You think about the, I've seen, sorry, I digress. I see those numbers in 1995, but the Pro V1 didn't come out till 2000. I actually think, oops, sorry, that's my phone. I actually think the spike from 2000, would have gone much faster. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, well, back in the early 2000s, well, pre-2000s, it was very much a case of, and I remember this from growing up, you, ha- you buy a golf ball that is a harder, more distance-orientated golf ball, but you sacrifice feel, or and maybe a spin, or you bought a softer golf ball, like a professional or a Torbalata from Titleist, that was much softer, that would spin and felt class, but you would typically lose out on distance, and certainly through the wind, they were terrible. Whereas a Pro V1 kind of brought both worlds into one, which is why it's so revolutionary. What was really interesting, though, is some of the research we did before. One of the questions I said to you was, well, clubs and balls are pretty much maxed out now, so it's not, I don't get why it's an issue. And then what we were watching, it had a really good point, and it said that although clubs and balls are at the max in terms of the RNA and the USG, it kind of rules and threshold, but golfers are getting faster and faster. And because there's so kind of much room for error, if you like, with the new more forgiving golf clubs, that they're not actually detriment. There's no detriment to hitting it harder. Whereas if you've got Brooks Kepka trying to hit a Torbal Arter at 125 miles an hour, the faster he gets, it actually spins more and they would lose distance. 
You know, I've just thought of a, of a somewhat of an analogy. You're right on that. It's about the the fact that they can swing it fast. Like someone like Cameron Champ, who's swinging at 128 miles per hour, etc. And because the golf club is so forgiving, because the golf ball doesn't deviate offline as much as previous golf Stable. balls, they can literally just tee it up and smash it down there with little to no consequence. They're still going to hit errant shots, but the miss is a lot, a lot less. Almost a and. Before I come on to this topic, one of the things that they say then, it's golf is losing the element of skill in other areas. Yeah, I mean, obviously these guys know what they're talking about. They've done a two-year study over 100 years of different... Um, it wasn't a last-minute project, Yeah, it was, was obviously it? 100 years of findings and research and all these different things. But like I said to you when we watched this stuff before and read up on it, is that for me, hitting the ball hard and far is a skill. It so is a skill. It's a skill that all the best players, obviously the kind of blessed it but it's a skill they've had to learn so when Rory was 12 years old and better than all his mates I doubt it would have been that much longer he would have been but he wouldn't have been that much longer but he might have had a really good short game which is why he got to the level he would have got at so early and so young and as he's got better and the pro game has changed he's learned to hit the ball faster and harder and longer so it still is a skill set um, but obviously it, it, we, we have this kind of worry I think or the USJ have this worry that it's a par four at 360 yards Come up to 400 yards, how long would it be before the players are almost driving the green? Well, they are already. Yeah, exactly. They are already. The, surprising there's not been an actual, you know, big moment where someone's had a hole in one on the par four yet, but it, it, how many times have players now, seems more recent than ever, they're hitting the flag, they're driving the yeah. green, it's lipping out for holding ones on par fives, with, uh, par, four, par fives, not quite, par fours. And I think a lot of this is just future-proofing the game. Yeah. It's not so much about it being an issue right now in the year 2020. But it's the RNA and the USGA's responsibility to maintain somewhat of order of the rules for the next 10,000 years or whatever it is that golf is going to stay around for. Well, as it stands then now, on the P- I've not got these stats to hand, but on the PJ Tour, isn't the average club to be like 110, 112 miles Yeah, it's about 112 miles per hour. And then the big guys are 120, 125. Correct. As it stands with the clubs now, let's just say they stay as they are. But as the golfers are getting fitter and getting stronger, I wonder in, in 10, 15 years' time what the averages will be then. Correct. We're going to see guys at 140, 100%. surely. So then obviously, essentially, golf courses then get shorter. So that's why there's this idea that we need to, that well, they need to re- rein in the ball or the club to some degree. Because if you are swinging at 140, it's going to make golf, and well, like hitting out the middle, golf is going to be super easy for them. Yeah, it, it, and it it really will be. It's almost, the idea I have, and this might not quite make sense, but a, a race driver that's going to win around Monaco mm-hmm. yeah. track compared to a Formula One driver that that drives around the Daytona track is going to have a different skill set. Mm-hmm. The, the Monaco track is is precision and judgment and braking and accelerating and lots of different skills where Daytona is just put your foot down and accelerate all the way around. Yeah. And I feel like that's what they're trying to prevent at the moment in golf. The the Daytona track guys, the the DJs of the world, the Rory's, Tigers, Brooks Kepka, those types of golfers that are bombing the golf ball are succeeding better than a I'm trying to think off the top of my head. Who doesn't hit it long? Luke Donald. Yeah, I don't know why. I was going to say Fiori. Yeah, Fiori, yeah. Like, that's the difference. Until they get onto a track that is trickier. But on that flip, there has been times where they'll play a smaller track and the long hitters still win. Because yeah. all they do is hit a three-wood off the tee and, or 
you know, a short and niggly track doesn't actually make that much difference to the long hitters. If anything, mm-hmm. it makes it somewhat weirdly easier because they, they are driving the greens much more. So it's about the golf course, how they're going to change. Are they going to make changes, dramatic changes to golf courses? Because that's a, a point that maybe we as golfers don't think about. The idea that golf courses land, the mm-hmm. actual land it's built on now, the real estate, is vast yeah. now because of the, the length of golf courses that need. And certainly some of the golf courses I've played in the States when the resort courses, the amount of land they're building on is incredible yeah and, and that's obviously what they're saying that if the golf courses get longer and get you know more area it's, it's obvious but need more water um a lot more infrastructure in place and ground is it, staff is, is machinery. It sustainable exactly um but one thing to note then is from what we've read so far is there potentially could be something come into place but it wouldn't possibly be for the next 5 10 15 years and it may only be in place for professionals potentially i know so Ultimately, we could get to a position, who knows, where Taylor made ring out a new driver, one for the tour player and one for the average consumer to go and buy. Mm. How would people feel about that? I mean, it'd be great for reviews. We'd get two of everything. Let's, let's be honest. Let's be selfish for a minute. We'd review a lot more equipment. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to see it go that way, personally. I don't. I one of the things I love about golf is that you can play with the same equipment to the same standard on the same golf courses as the best players in the world. I, I do love that. Yeah, about and golf. we have mentioned that before in a podcast that that is one unique aspect of golf over most other sports that you can go out and play St Andrews. Let's just say with the same clubs as Tiger, and you could be walking down the fairway and saying, "I'm playing the same course that Tiger's won the Open at, and I'm using the same clubs as him." But, just 20 shots different. Yeah, every single day. <laughs> but then when you think about it, how much is the average golfer oh, They'd listen to this podcast maybe more so because without being rude, you're probably a bit of a golf nerd listening to this podcast, let's be honest. No, you golf fans. Golf That's fans. all it is. You're, golf <laughs> not, you're not Thanks. a nerd. Don't, don't let anybody call you a nerd. Don't let Guy belittle you. You golf fanatics. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, how many people listen care? Yeah. Like, I, I've, personally, I don't buy any clubs because the Tour Pro uses them. So I don't care who uses that. In you're fact, not bought, you're not bought that because of Ricky and Bryson. Do they, they even use that version? I don't know. Exactly. Um, and what, again, so taking it back to my old job at Nike, I used to fit for Nike, and at the time they had Rory winning majors. Tiger wasn't doing great, but Tiger was still, you know, there. Um, they had they signed Brooks Kepka, Tony Finau, all these big guys that would, you know, coming onto the scene and doing well. If you fit someone for driver and you say, oh, Rory uses this. Most people didn't care. Oh, it's blue, I don't like it. Oh, it's not one as far as my own. Or they might like it, but it's got nothing to do with Rory. So I don't know how much pull that always has. But on the other side of the coin, it is nice to know that your tools, if you like, are the same tools that the world's best are playing. So it's a yeah, strange one, that. It is. And I just don't know. I don't know if I like this idea that the tour players will play a different ball because also what might get messy, and again, the average golfer listening right now might not really care. Where it gets messy is, even for me being selfish, I'm a golf professional. Do I then play with the professional clubs? Like, like, is it in t- certain tournament play? Is it at a certain level? Do, do you have to be on the PGA Tour yeah. or the European Tour or the Challenge Tour or play in a local golf competition around here in you know Lancashire, UK? Do I have to then use a, uh, the limited golf ball and club? I don't know. Would I then have to have two sets? Because 
I'm, I'm, you know, I'm probably a slightly, min- a very small minority in this conversation because obviously not many people who are golf professionals who don't play in competitions or tour pros, but PGA golf professionals, mm-hmm. the members that you, the head pro of your golf club, etc. Where do they sit in all of this? Um, well, it will be interesting once the brands, because I think from what it says on the RNA website, um, it says to to facilitate. I can't say the word now. I'm having another day facilitate. of not that's the word. Let me try and say it myself. To facilitate, there we go, input from manufacturers and other stakeholders in the golf community. Specific topics of further research will be identified and published within 45 days. So obviously there's going to be some input, of course, from the big brands. But it's a strange one because obviously most people keep their golf clubs for a long time if they get like a set of irons, for example. So say if you go out today and buy a set of irons or you buy a driver, does that mean in potentially five or ten years your driver would be illegal? Now, I can't see that happening. I can't see there being a rule for the amateurs where current clubs become illegal. That because, has happened before. Trampoline effect. Well, yeah, but I suppose how long were trampoline I- drivers out before? It was long, like a year or something or yeah, six months. And a long. lot of them then brought out different versions that had like a dot on. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if they, I can't remember that far back, but whether there was a policy where you had one you could take it back. And I think there was, certainly with the Nike Square one, because did the Square Sumo... And then they did a square symbol with like a dot on it, I'm sure. And I'm, I feel confident in saying there was a policy where if you had an illegal one, you had the option to exchange it. But surely a lot of people would be affected. Oh, I know. Massive uh, But then there was the grooves, obviously, that changed. Yeah. Um, I think ball would be the easiest one because you, it doesn't matter if a new ball comes out. It's like Unless you've literally just gone out and bought 50-odd <laughs> dozen Pro V1s. I mean, Pro V1s would be cheap if <laughs> yes. they end up being like bargain balls. Um yeah, just I mean, the 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 other factor on this, the RNA and the USGA have actually come out of this, and and from all accounts have come out of this pretty good so far. They've identified it as an issue. They've not massively pushed the flesh too hard yet. All they say, all they're doing is raising the topic and saying, "This is the evidence we found, and this is what we need to discuss." <clears throat> they do need to discuss it with the manufacturers. They do need to discuss it with the tours that are going to effectively, you know, bring all this into play. They need to talk about it with. The PGA, with um, as in like golf professional PGA, there's going to be a lot of discussions. I can't imagine it happening anytime soon, um, but it'll be super, super interesting to see what how it all pans out. It's a shame this isn't more interactive. I'd love to be able to say to you guys, what do you think? Do a quick vote now. Do you, are you into it? Are you not into it? Um, but whether you're even bothered about it. Are you doing some maths over I was there? trying to, yeah. Um... I'm just trying to pad time here while you do some maths or math. Basically, what I was trying to work out was, like, just give me one sec so you can just carry on talking, Rick, while I do this. Uh, okay, guys, thanks for tuning in. Um, first off, while Guy is doing that, I want to talk about a couple of things. First off, Facebook group is still killing it. We've got over 10,000 followers now. Thanks so much. And the interaction on there has been incredible. If you have not reviewed the podcast yet... Please review it on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcast. A review does a massive amount of boosting for the podcast, um, so that would be massively appreciated. That maths time was a waste of time, by the way. So, Great. What I was trying to work out was, I didn't do really a good job of it, but it, it is some truth in it, is how will this golf ball work? Because let's just say, I'm going to make a really clear example. If the golf ball gets reined in to be 90% of what it currently is I know now, what you're going to say, yeah. The big hitters are losing a bigger percentage of distance than the small hitters. So it's obviously, a, and naturally, it's a bigger impact negatively 
for the big hitters over the short hitters. So how is that fair? It's not. There, <clears throat> there was another point we saw on a video we watched earlier about the fact that if they do rain the ba- the ball back, it the ball might become optimum to swing at 110 miles per hour at it. Ah. You know, so people will try. That will be the that will be the best swing speed. Correct. But that is that not limiting skill? Is that not just putting everyone in one dimension? You know, if, if literally imagine Brooks Koepka trying to rein his clubhead speed back to one ten. I just don't. I think it's uh, it's a shame mm-hmm. because these guys have worked bloody hard, training in the gym, getting fit, getting fast, getting athletic with amazing golf swings to swing it as fast as they bloody can, mm-hmm. and they you know. Down the line, they've, they've potentially uh, come a bit of a cropper because now the, the golf ball on distances, etc., are going too far. Yeah, so when are we going to hear more? Something in 45 days, I guess, or something. We'll see you back in 40. Well, it'll be 43 now because it was two days ago when it came out. So 40, oh no, and then Monday. About 40 days, we should hear something about what's going to happen. If this was a 100-page document, the next one may be 10,000 pages because it's... Um, I just don't see how they're going to do it. I'm intrigued, though. Okay, I'm let's slightly worried, though, as well. Slightly um, moving away from, well, from that thing, but also to something that has been very topical recently. Do negative reviews get the most views? Oh, that, Is that rhymes. A little rhyme? Oh, if it rhymes, it's got a bit <laughs> of truth, right? Um, the negative reviews get more views. So there's been a little bit of chat recently. Um, obviously, I'm guessing some people who are listening, well, a lot of people may have seen the review that we did on the TaylorMade Trust Putter. And we spoke on it briefly in the last podcast because it was obviously coming out. We didn't talk about it too much. And it wasn't the best review. It was bloody awful putter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to carry on saying it. For me, I just didn't <clears throat> I didn't like the look of it. I didn't particularly like the feel of it. I thought the idea of, of the Trust... Um, little tiny bit of evidence that it might work but really only in the center shafted version the fact that the actual trust system has been done before by uh, ashton and tightlist and other companies as well we've seen later down the line taylor made of bringing out this revolutionary new idea that's going to help you hold more putts it's a putter at the end of the day with a little bit of a fancy neck uh, it might work for some golfers, it might not work for others, but to say it's not an ugly putter would be me. I would be lying to you as my viewer if I said I liked it, if I said anything else other than what I said in the review. I think, yeah, fair, but I don't think for me the ugly is necessarily the, the, the catalyst, if you like, this negativity. That the ugly, I mean, a lot of golf, you could argue a two ball was ugly when it first came out to market, it was very different looking. There's certainly been some ugly clubs before that have performed. And, I mean, a lot of ping irons have been ugly, to be fair, but they've worked. I think what what we, and certainly what you portrayed on the video, that was quite negative towards TaylorMade, is that they are renowned from driver through to ball with bold claims. And, to be fair, most of the time with their driver, they don't, I was going to say they back it up. I have to be careful what I say. They don't always back it up when they claim to be X yards longer, as they used to do in the past. But they claim to have fast drivers. They do have fast drivers. They do. Um, you know, they have some really nice irons now. They have a great golf ball. So to Incredible be fair, wedges. They, they do back up to, to some degree everything they say. So that, that's, you know, it's the bold marketing claims, but there's always a little bit of proof within the pudding. But with the putters, they went down this line of, I can't remember it word for word, but it was, it looks like nothing you've seen before. It looks like nothing else because it puts like yeah, nothing else. Yeah, that was it. 
But we obviously, as you've just said, we found two putters, one, which is the Ashton, Ridiculous. that literally looks so similar. And and even you could argue, well, it's like a different colour there, but it was the whole, the, the technology yeah, exactly. was the same. It was that truss, if you like. I even they, found one with a blue-faced insert. Yeah, it was literally exactly the same. <laughs> so it was that that started off already. We were like, well, that's annoying, and we've got to tell people this because a we, lot we'd of... Be like, if, if we hadn't said it in the review and it comes out afterwards, we would have looked like idiots. And, and Because we have to do our research on products. And all, yeah, if you turn around and said, this innovation is amazing. I've never big seen anything like it before. Yeah, big props to Taylor This made. is revolutionary. And then someone goes, there's a screenshot of a putter from five years ago Correct. or the title list from 10, 15, Correct. 20 years ago. You look silly. So that almost started the ball rolling. But equally, although that was a bit of a negative angle immediately, it was like, well, let's see if it works because... Often, brands that have amazing products aren't always the first to implement te- technology. So, for example, Apple often come after other brands with like certain Portrait technology. Mode on Zoom yeah, and, um, and widescreen. I think even obviously Face ID. Yeah. I think other brands are doing things like that or whatever it might be. But, you know, I'm quite an Apple fan, a little bit biased. Well, most things Apple do, they execute really well. They do it better they than They charge a else. lot, but they, they execute it amazingly. So it's not about, it's not necessarily always a dig at copying things, but it's like bringing something to market and claiming that you're the first and that it's so different, but yet actually it's not. I had a couple of goes the putter as well. Not that you need my say when Rick's already given his, but it doesn't feel amazing. The the center shafted blade version, I think it was called a TB1 or TM1, awful. Like yeah. it, you literally put it behind the ball, and and I understand how they've tried to hide that truss, and they've done an okay job of it. I said in the video, but you can still see it, and it covers the entire golf ball. The putter looks like it had no loft on it. The sound off the putter was dreadful, just because of the way that it kind of came through. Um, and and all in all, it wasn't it wasn't great. You know, I just didn't feel like it didn't feel like a nice putter. The only one that I particularly liked was the more mallet shaped one with a neck angle on it that was much more hidden. But then again, how much influence is that actually going to have? It had no n- next no influence. And bear in mind, these putters are two hundred and sixty nine pound. Like yeah, that that's the thing. I sometimes look at these prices when we do our research and it's I, I see the price and i give it to you and we put it into the video and it's like i just see it as a number it sounds silly i just see it as a number yeah 279 269 whatever and then i take a step back and think how expensive that is for a putter now i don't dispute paying that for a putter putter is you the most used club in the bag Correct. and it can change how you feel it can help you hold more putts etc etc but to charge that much something like that is and i think as well personally i'm getting a bit annoyed and a bit sick of brands bringing things out that don't, what's the word I'm looking for? Don't have longevity. Yeah. So like we said also, not another day get tailor-made, but the gapper stuff. There's God. this whole franchise about how it's in between clubs and it's in between your long irons and your metals and it's a gap. Where, where is it now? Exactly. Also, the Red Dot. Odyssey Red Ball. Odyssey one Red we, Dot, yeah, whatever it's called. They claim that was the best thing since sliced they said, bread. They said it was going to change the game and gone. It, you never see it again. I'm trying to think of other examples. I'm oh, sure there's, there's, there's been loads. There's loads. But it is, I mean, obviously not every piece of technology sticks, you know, they throw stuff against the wall and what sticks, sticks, but it's just annoying when they break. I mean, what's happened to all these tailor-made irons that had slots in the yeah, face exactly, and stuff gone. and all that? And it's like, if you're going to claim something that's revolutionary, at least stick with it for five, ten years. But back to the original question, <laughs> is was that review on purpose to get more views? No. Categorically, okay. no. And, and some evidence on that was you actually gave the um, triple track putter a glowing review, to be fair, because it was a good. You liked it, and that's had four hundred twenty thousand views. 
So that's had, at the minute, far more views than the TaylorMade putter and probably will remain having more views. And it was a good review. Yeah, I think there does come some element of... I think the vast majority of people really do appreciate true, honest reviews. And if it, if they're true and are honest and they have a negative slant to them, then that's just how it is. People, A lot of people do respect that. But there's some people out there who... They, they almost can't believe that you can be I so know. honest. They think there has to be some ulterior motive, <laughs> some 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 rationale behind it, other than the fact you just don't like a product. It's mad. If I give if I give a product to Raven Review, I'm getting paid by that company. If I give a product a terrible review, I'm getting paid by a competitor company. Yeah. <laughs> like it doesn't. I do not, and I will say this in black and white over audio waves. I do not get paid for product reviews. There is no payment. They will give me the club. They will give me the club before embargo, and that's where it ends. They give me the information and the club. They do not wine and dine me. They give me the products. We stand off as much as we can. We take the information. We absorb what they're saying. We'll ask questions if needed be, and then we will be left to our own devices to make the best, most rounded, most comprehensive review on the planet. Nice. You look really proud. Look, Rick's really smirking now. He's dead proud of himself because he used a few big words and he nailed that. Well done. Should <laughs> be the tagline. We need to. We need to repeat all the time. But no. All in all, though, by the way, and we we <clears throat> were saying this on a slight negative. The majority and, and the vast majority, ninety nine percent of people are amazing. Are so like supportive. Whenever I do a review and I tell the honest truth, and they go, "Brilliant, I agree with you." I can't stand in front of people and say that putter is a good looking putter when people can see it with their own eyes. Other things, let's say the top of the sim driver, I can say I like it and other people can disagree and that's okay. Like that's a p- personal opinions. But 90% of people think that putter's ugly. Anyway. On putters, this is a really good question actually. Um, so I always pick questions and everyone knows this from people who've got hard to pronounce surnames. I don't know why I keep doing it, but I don't want to give people like not answer the question. Just say first names. Right, then Chris. Yeah, so I've never thought of that before. So Chris has said, if you're going to buy a putter, and you use buy in big letters, what would it be? So that's quite, that's a good question because obviously you get sent a lot of product and then you Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Obviously, review it and sometimes put it in the bag. But if you're going to buy a putter now, what would you go with? That's a good question. Hmm. I think you might go down the um, triple track route, potentially. I do like that, to be fair. You know what? You know, I'd probably just go spider. Mm. Just straight out spider. See? It can be nice to tailor-made putters. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I like the tailor-made spider. That's just because we've had an email telling her the check for a Don't squillion dollars. Don't even joke about it, because <laughs> people will literally pick up on that. Someone's just, someone's just literally clipped that. Um, no, Taylor Spider, I think, is an incredible putter, and it's that good that when Odyssey copied it, I called Odyssey out on it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, yeah, I think Spider's class. I would probably use that. I usually even roll at the moment, but you never see them in shops, do you, really? I don't think I... I, th- I think... American golf had them for a little while, but you don't I feel really. Like I never see no. even rolling shops, so I'd be if I, if I, I was know. a big. I love it. I've but used it for what, so many what, years. I don't disagree. I know you've said they're really good. So, I, but what is so good? Even roll over anything there. I've never really got the. For me, the style that I have, I just like that style. Mm. It's a slightly longer than standard mallet. I love the weight of it. I love the grip of it. Um, yeah, I just like I like the feel of the putter. Performance wise, I reckon I could put probably better with. Well, I don't know if I could put it any better than anything else, but I just like it. And it looks great in black. It does look really good in black. <laughs> Gareth, Gareth Shaw has asked... Any name you can pronounce. <laughs> I couldn't say his first name then, though. Um, any chance of a live podcast from a venue? It's what from the venue, but I think from a venue, from a place where people could come and witness the greatness. Uh, is, is it that great? Um you don't want to come and watch the 24th biggest podcast in the UK <laughs> for the... Uh, Get back to number one and we'll talk. <laughs> rate it. Five stars. We say this every time. Five star rating is all we need. It's not too much to ask. Just bloody do it. Um, and pass, share. We can't say pass the podcast. That's the Crouch's... Uh, but share the podcast, please. Share the shields. Oh, share the shields. Share um, the shields show. <laughs> she shells, she shells on the she shore. <laughs> share the shields show. There you go, everybody. Um, what was the question? About a live podcast. All oh, right. Um, Potentially with a range night, that could work. Mm. There might be another range night coming soon, everybody. Not in the UK, but in Europe. Mm. Okay. <laughs> potentially. We want to potentially down the line record the podcast visually, but not put it on. I don't know why we put it. That's the only problem. The only the only way we could do it, and you see this from some of the the big podcast channels, is to have like a second YouTube channel where clips would go on. So like a topic like that, then when you've been talking about sponsorship, we could have a really clickbait title like "Rick Shields gets paid X amount off brands," and then we could put that in. 
Like All the hardcore it. listeners, all you guys, the OGs, would know you'd be listening to, to real. Yeah, you'd be listening to the real podcast. You wouldn't have to listen, click those videos. But if you want, to. you could trap a few people into clicking on them. <laughs> if you just want to put them on and just have them on in the background, listen to it again. Um, yeah, we might do it down the line. Stay tuned. Oh, I'm going to ask this one. I don't know if it'll make the cut. What is the future for golf YouTube channels? Um, it feels like a lot of them are critical. Sure, there's enough content for all. Critical. Critical of each other. All right. Um, there is a lot more now. Well, we had to chat this one on the phone, didn't we, about this? About there's a lot. If we recorded our phone calls, that would be a better podcast. <laughs> it actually would. Um, we wouldn't stay on the air for very long, though. To be fair, <laughs> there's, in my opinion, so the way I look at it, it depends how much. Everyone's going to have a different opinion on this. I watch, and I know you do, Rick, a lot of YouTube. So I get home um, after my run, you know, because I've been running most nights at the minute, Rick. I've probably not mentioned it to you, actually, but I'm doing like 5K a night, roughly. Have you actually mentioned on the podcast much? No, but that's going to be the new thing. Every At the minute, I think I'm six days in a, in a row doing a little 5K each night. So hopefully by next week, I can say I've done 13 in a row, but we'll see. Cross that bridge when we come to it. But when I get home anyway, I will typically watch YouTube over traditional tv really massively so tonight's a great example uh i go and pick up the girls from swimming my wife takes them swimming she she carries on and goes to the gym i'll take the girls home and my little boy and we'll i put them to bed and she, she claire my wife stays to the gym whatever till nine ten o'clock and i will not turn the tv on like all night i yeah. don't have the tv on i'm on my ipad i'm on my phone i'm watching youtube videos that's all i watch so let's say that's two hours just for round figures right maybe more a typical YouTube video might be 10, 12 minutes long. So in theory, if you're going to watch... I know you're not watch, going to watch all golf, but if you watch golf YouTube, there's space there for potentially five, six, seven, eight videos. So most creators are only going to do one video a day max, if they do any that day. So there's there's definitely room. I think from my outlook on it, a lot of creators that try to build a channel are doing very similar things to people that are already making successful videos or have done before which i kind of get to follow a blueprint but there's no different it's not different no it's not different at all and, and we said this again it, it also comes down to video ideas it's we saw a video recently that had a you know it was really kind of out there and a bit different and then other people have done similar things and they've not had anywhere near the same level of success because that particular video did well because it was new and it was different correct and you can't just necessarily copy that and, and, and it's, you can't just copy and just put that on your own platform no i think <clears throat> i think there's a few things i think um th- as we've seen there's there's un i mean literally when i started there was there was a handful of golf creators and i mean a handful um luckily i was one of the early adapters i've been consistent for six seven eight years uploaded a lot of content nearly 1600 videos and it takes a bloody long time to build a platform now, luckily, I've built a team around me, which we are now firing on all cylinders. We're releasing more content than we have done over the last few years, not only on YouTube, but on Facebook, also the podcast. So we are content creating a lot, and we cons- and we live and breathe YouTube. Um, you know, the ideas that we come up with, the way that we film them, the way it's edited, everything is around building the best video we can possibly build. I think the challenge now is because there is so many YouTubes out there that, you know, the landscape has changed. If you are a solo rider now in this world, it's bloody hard 
to film, to think about your own videos, to film them yourself, to film yourself, to edit them yourself, to distribute them yourself, to give them any promotion, it's bloody hard. Like, the best thing I ever did was bring a team in place, and obviously you being one of them and and two editors now. Um, That's that has massively helped the growth of the channel and it's given me my life back which at the time when i first started i didn't really have one i coached all every minute under the sun and when i didn't coach every minute under the sun i was making videos till three o'clock in the morning but that wasn't a sustainable lifestyle and that's why i think a lot of channels crash and kind of fall off a cliff a little bit because it's bloody hard like to make that much content it's hard the other thing when i first started i didn't come into youtube to make money YouTube wasn't a money-making platform when I came into it. It was a platform that I could promote myself as a golf coach. Unfortunately, the platform, well, it's not unfortunately because it's my livelihood now, but the platform's changed and a lot of creators now are coming onto YouTube to make money. Mm-hmm. And I think, unfortunately, that has also changed the dynamic of how creators are trying to make content. Yeah, see, I agree with that, but I also think, to some degree, I disagree because I feel like, yes, they do come on to make money, but a lot of them also realize that that is out of their possible reach. They come on for almost like the clout to be like, have a few hundred followers on Twitter or Instagram or and, and say I'm a, a YouTuber. And it's like, at what point can you describe yourself as a YouTuber? Like, if I open a channel tomorrow and I gain five subscribers, obviously I'm not a YouTuber, but then is 50 a YouTuber, is 500 a YouTuber, is 5,000. There isn't any official. It's like if you are if you play soccer or football, whatever you want to call it, and you play for free on a Sunday, you're not a professional footballer. If you get paid 100 quid a game, you're semi-professional. And if it's your full-time living, you're a professional. So it's it's quite black and white, isn't it, really? I, I think that's so similar it, to YouTube. Well, it should be. It almost should be classed as that. If, you, if you're making a living from YouTube, then you're a YouTuber. If it's your job. Yeah. If if YouTube is your job, you are a YouTuber. But how many people do you see with like on the bio on Twitter, like YouTuber? Of course. And they've got like 125 subscribers. Exactly. Now, everyone's got to start somewhere. I'm not for one second bad-mouthing people with small channels because you do actually see some really quite cool stuff from some smaller channels. But so many well, of them seem to do it. You know, for... there's a few that I like. Stacked Golf. Yeah. I think it's doing great stuff. Yeah. In, over in the States, they go and buy, like, charity um, clubs, whatever they're called. Yeah. What do they call it in America? Um, Car boot sales? No. no. Yeah, but the thrift stores. Thrift stores. They're cool. Yeah. SAS Golf. Yeah. You know, he's not a smaller channel now. He's growing quite heavily. Simon Smith, I really like what he does. Sometimes he's a bit bold with his content. But overall, he's at least he's kind of experimenting with what he does. Yeah. Uh, bad golf. Yes, we could have. A, well, we have got a very exciting collaboration coming with them soon. Won't give any more away than that. But and that, that's like <laughs> we see it a lot of like you, there's no like support or help for smaller channels. Well, evidence of that this week, you had an email from a channel that won't be named asking for some advice, and you gave them. But was it six emails back and forth or yeah. something? I'm happy to help channels when, you know, if they reach out. It's I don't always have the answers, granted, but I I appreciate, you know, they might say, I'm struggling, can you help me on yeah. something? Um, and also, if I didn't support channels, would I really have run the YouTube Golf Day last year? <laughs> and uh, I, think, I think as well, there's some almost demand sometimes from very, you know, small channels to like collaborate or something. And if they have a, a unique, unique idea or something, then that that's fine. But again, it's that thing of, well, what, at what point does somebody become a YouTuber? So if, if John Smith tomorrow starts a channel and by next week he's got 50 subscribers, you can't honestly expect you to go and collab with him because 
Tom Smith, his brother, could start a channel next week and get 50 subscribers. You're not going to go and do something with him as well. Like, so there's so many people out there making content, but yet people often expect you to go and, and do something with them just to essentially gain them some subscribers. Yeah. I've also realised that the reason I feel I'm a bit stuttery today is because I'm drinking Monster as you go, and I think there's some definite um, link to the more Monster I drink, the harder I find to speak. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like slurring my words. <laughs> um, quick update, you might have seen the video on Friday that we released, hopefully it went out on Friday, even though we were recording this before the video, where I played golf with a full set of Mizuno golf clubs and equipment and ball and everything. This was a good video. Yeah. Although, I'm not, as I say this, I've not seen the finished article. So I'm hoping it's been this filled. was a good video. It's not been fully edited yet. It's edited today and tomorrow. So it'll be out Friday afternoon. Uh, so you guys should have all seen it now. This podcast released on Monday. Um, <clears throat> that driver was bloody good. Yeah. Like, so for 300 quid, that driver was class. I can't believe it's three. And I actually had to check again after we filmed the video. Because it was like, is it definitely 300 quid in it? It might have been more RRP, to be fair. But it's just come out and it's might available. Yeah, it's available whatever. in the UK now um, for 300 pounds. But the video, I think, well, if you've seen the video already, you'll know. But it came from the idea that, you know, if you, if you went to the golf club or... Let's say you're playing for your golf club in a scratch match or whatever level and your playing partner had Mizuno irons. You wouldn't think twice about it. You'd think, yeah fine, whatever. You wouldn't even probably think anything, it's just, just normal. But yeah, if your playing partner used a Mizuno ball, which Rick quoted in the video, you'd be a bit like, oh, Mizuno. That's weird. Like, yeah, and obviously now they do a putter. Same again, you'd be a bit like, Mizuno putter. I don't think they've quite nailed it with the putter yet. It's the first putter they've made for over 10 years. Um, I love the shape, I just didn't like the particular feel of it, but it's the first version they brought out a putter for 10 years. I think... The only other thing as well, I don't think we actually touched on this in the video, maybe in hindsight, well, we can add it on now, is the fact that it's not the best putter in the world. That's true. That's definitely the case. Maybe they should have gone one or two ways. They should have either gone a little bit more, I don't use the word gimmicky, but something almost like the Trolls, which is different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or kept it how it is, but gone super premium, like yeah. 400 quid. Like, yeah. um, what's it called? Odyssey, the other ones. Um too long. Oh, too long. Yeah, like almost rivaling that. It was at the minute, I think the 240 or something. Yeah. Which feels expensive, and it definitely is. But that's actually a kind of mid-range it's, almost yeah, now. Yeah, it sits in an odd category, yeah. really. Because it's like, well, why will I pick a Mizuno putter over a Ping putter yeah. or an Odyssey putter or a Taylor It needs putter to be or... much more towards Scotties <laughs> and even higher, possibly. Because yeah. they could have that. If, if Mizuno putters were... Handcrafted, yeah, four, five hundred whatever it was, it would feel more like you okay. Could, you could fully personalize it, yeah. you know. It just feels like it. But listen, it's the first putter they brought. Did he? Did he need to make a putter? I don't think they do. If I'm honest, I think they should have just stick with making drivers and irons and wedges. Um, I think that that's where the be- obviously irons are incredible at. Uh, wedges they're really good at, and put um, driver they're getting a lot better at. If I give them credit, I'll be honest. Um, I think there's a couple of things they need to do. I think they need to just literally, and this is more, I think this is what Mizuno need to do to kind of grow the brand to some description, is make, um, I'm watching you write some stuff no, down here, is um, say to Brooks Kepka, there's an open checkbook, you write the numbers down and we're going to sign you for 10 years. Cause I think that would give mm-hmm. Mizuno the tour presence. Currently it's missing because it's got Luke Donald and... Keith Mitchell. As their tour pros at the moment, they've not even got Eddie anymore. Eddie Pepperell. It's just like crap. Yeah. I mean, not, no disrespect to guys, but, but they might not have anyone in the open. As I year. said before, though, in one way, I don't know how much that matters to people because if you go back to how many people have Mizuno wines in the bag, 
loads of amateurs, but yet there's only a handful on tour really that use them. But I think for certainly things like the driver, it probably does. It, it's more about just even seeing it. Just yeah. just seeing it would would make a difference. But I've just made a note. That's what I was doing there when Rick was looking over. There's actually a lot of golf brands now that you can get everything from. So obviously, tight list. You everything. can get ball to driver. Yeah. Callaway. Yeah. TaylorMade. Yeah. Mizuno. Yeah. Strixon. Yeah. So certainly, if you include clean, yeah, yeah, I think they do their own wedges as well. Um. There's probably a couple more that I can't think of. Obviously, Ping don't do a ball. They did Cobra don't ago. do a ball. Cobra don't do a ball. And they've, they've got putters again now, Cobra. I can't remember. They might have, I can't remember if they've had them before or not. But if you look at that list there, tight list, Callaway, Taylor, you know, and Shrixen, you could go out and get a full set, as we've proven in the video, of any of them. Wilson do everything. Wilson, yeah. That's who would that. you say, or I, I'm saying, who do you think is at the moment this year, 2020, got the best all round from well, let, top to bottom? This is where I, I had this. I had this thought last night, actually, after we shot the video. I think Titleist has got everything as close as it can, bar the driver. Yeah, for sure, that's what I was going to say. So I think the irons are fantastic. The ball is obviously the best, probably the best ball in the world. Yeah. The putters are obviously phenomenal. But what they've done very cleverly, Titleist, even though Titleist that's the umbrella you've got Bob Vokey making the wedges and you've got Scotty Cameron it's like making a sub the brand isn't it, it is but it was still under tight list to a degree but this is still slightly off topic but if you had said to someone what putter have they got and they said tight list it'd be almost a bit weird yeah you, yeah you should say Scotty shouldn't yeah, you yeah, yeah. yeah it's a Scotty or even Vokey's Callaway I think they make phenomenal what the Cal- Callaway are not great with the ball no I don't like the Callaway ball and even well, Odyssey isn't well, it is Callaway, but they've got Odyssey putters, which are class. Goes yeah. up saying, wedges are class, wedges are good, irons are good. Yeah, I'd see. I wouldn't ever want probably myself to have Callaway irons. They always feel a bit strong. Yeah, even that'll... though they're not. Sometimes they, they, you know, even the blade version feels strong. I think the driver performance-wise is probably the best. I honestly think Callaway drivers probably the best this year out of all the drivers I've tested so far, and that's only going off performance, not particularly and then... off um, looks and. Feel and stuff. If you think about Taylor Made now, are pretty strong. They were obviously lacking on putters. They've now got so much behind the trolls. They've got yeah, ball true. Ball and putters were weak. And wedges weren't amazing. I mean, a, a, a Taylor Made now maybe number one. The only thing with Taylor Made, well, I think what Taylor Made la- are lacking at the moment is an iron. Let me just think. They've not got on before I say that. Oh no, they have. They've got the seven seventies, haven't yeah. they? I was trying to think of it. I don't feel like. They've got a T100 style line. I suppose that would be the 770, wouldn't it, really? But it's still... Nah. 790. The, the one thing with TaylorMade, and this <laughs> probably a lot of people, if you make that much equipment, you're going to mm. get every co- base covered. They're not as bad as they used to be, granted, but they make a lot of yeah. equipment across the board. But yeah, drivers class the same. Fairway, fairway woods are good. Everyone's raving about this TaylorMade hybrid at the moment. Irons are class. Yeah. Two iron I could use. Wedges I do use, so I could use. Putters, spider... TM ball, TaylorMade could have it. Like no, I'd, over... I would still go tight list, but I, know, I wouldn't. But would you sacrifice the drive? I mean, the drive is not terrible. Don't right get then. Wrong. Just how long? Where are we? Have we got long got time? Don't okay. worry. Nobody's, be long nobody's stopping us. Let's do top trumps then. So you go TaylorMade, and I'll go tight list, and we'll start a ball, and we'll go like one up, two up, whatever. Okay. okay. So Pro V one versus TP five. Pro V one. So that's one nil to me. Volky versus MG two. <laughs> it. If you go on solely GM2 versus MG. No, MG2 versus SM8, I'd go MG2. Okay. But if you went Vokey yeah. over TaylorMade Wedge, I'd go Vokey. Should we call that half then? Yeah. 
you get what I mean by that? I do get what you mean, and I suppose you've got to go for current product because like it's, if it's current product. I use the I use the GM uh, GM twos, MG twos, yeah. and I love them. Yeah, okay, I'll give that half because I kind of don't disagree. And then irons as a family, let's go family of irons from blades to junkies on both brands. <laughs> That's too hard to call. I'd, I'd probably give it tight list. Okay. I think, well, obviously I've got 200, so I agree. Um, we're not going to do fairways, are we? Are we going to? Nah. Straight into driver. Driver. Tightly lamented. I'll give it you. So as it stands there, it's 2-1. Two, two, putter. Putter, we've not done putter. I know, but you know what? Like... Actually, I use a tailor-made spider, so I was, I was about to put it to, to Scotty then. I think if you look for innovation, you look for trust. <laughs> <laughs> no way. I honestly think tailor-made. Yeah. Tell you what, though, Scotty, I've made some shockers. Futura. Some of the new Scotty, the old Futura wasn't great, <laughs> but some of the new ones as well. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously, the standard ones are. But, so that's two all. We've had a draw. If you, now this is a good one. If we threw in the two iron, that would be quite golf tough. Golf bag. Golf <laughs> Yeah. Well, now the two iron's a real tough one because as much as P790 is probably one of the best two irons in, my, in the world, I've currently got Titleist two iron yeah. in my back. <laughs> so it's a draw. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Very interested to hear people's thoughts on that. So make sure you tweet Rick or put in the Facebook page of who you'd rather have, if you had to have a full bag. Because if you threw Mizuno into that mix, I think Mizuno would only win the iron count. I wouldn't pick... I wouldn't still... I like Mizuno irons, but I'm not. I don't I don't get the fuss, personally. I think they're pretty good. I do like them, but... Um, but then they wouldn't win any other category. Callaway would win the driver. Would you my, have? I would, yeah. Over, over TaylorMade and, and Titleist yeah, this possibly. year. After that, it wins nothing. Yeah. Odyssey, maybe. Putter. I tell you what, because this year should be the new Titleist driver year, right? Back end of this year should be. Correct. We, yeah, it will be. That could be. If they can do something good, which I'm sure they will, it could be a big year for them. Huge. Um, I think the only thing with Titleist at the moment, I feel like they've lost a little bit of fizzle. A couple of years ago, they had... John Spieth killing yeah. it. Justin Thomas coming up through the ranks. I mean, he's still killing it. Don't get me wrong. Uh, like Adam Scott still kind of on form. I felt like they had a, a handful of tour players that were there and there mm. and there. Like Jimmy Walker and guys like always yeah. there. At the moment, I feel like, uh, bar Justin Thomas. But yeah, again, it comes back to that point. Of, does it does it make a difference? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I put too much emphasis on it. Potentially, I don't know. Um, is that it? Um, Should we play some more darts? Go on, let's find find one more question. Okay, bear with me. Listen, it's 51 minutes. Not everyone's got to work yet. I reckon 56 minutes is an average commute to work time. Let me try and find one. Oh, look at that, bud. Someone sent a picture. I've just seen that. Um, There's quite a big pause here, so I'm worried that people are going to get bored. Um, they'll, They'll listen, don't worry. You're listening, right, aren't you? If you're listening now, you've all just won 10 points. I don't know what to... Come on, you asked it everywhere, Guy. You might find it on... I'm looking, just looking for questions. Can you discuss... Right. Jonathan Ho, don't you dare ask another question, <laughs> Jonathan Ho. He has done We've made well. peace with Jonathan Ho. No, I've blocked him. Um, why... <laughs> a lot of the questions are, are going on a certain... Uh, 
somewhat freaking mountain out of a molehill that happened on Twitter that this week. Um, there we go. I've got a good one for you. Jonathan Andrew, why do I score a personal best of 90 on one day and then two days later 110? We've actually done a good little video on that rough bit today for Facebook. We have. Um, it, it could be then potentially the fact that your bad shots were worse. Like, and it sounds daft, but you might have made some choices. You might have gone out, shot 90 the first day, gone out with a little bit of swagger the next day, taken on a few shots that you might not have intentionally gone for the day before, or you might not have planned to go for. You might have gone for a more riskier shot. You might want to hit a driver on a slightly tighter line on a par four, and you might not have played as conservatively. And then, hey, Presto, bang, your score has suddenly gone 20 shots up. And that's the just thinking then, 20 shots, although obviously is a hell of a lot, at that level, it's kind of weirdly a lot closer. So if Jordan Smith went on what, shot 17 and 90, that would be ridiculous. Yeah. But 90 and 110, although it's still 20 shots, it's weirdly closer. So for someone who's at that level where a 90 is clearly a good score, hence why you're saying a personal best of 90, you're going to be somebody that three puts or four puts. You're going to be somebody that hits out of bounds, that gets stuck in bunkers. So, you know... Sounds obvious, but five out of bounds drives. There's ten shots straight away, yeah. and and that, five, five three puts. Yeah, so it's five puts. Like you, it's one day you hold five puts, the other day you didn't, and there's another five shots yeah. you've added on. And, and, and one of the videos we did today, obviously, which is on Facebook. If you want any golf tips, that's where Rick's putting tips every single day on the main Facebook page. Um, was like how to break ninety, which obviously a lot of people listening may be able to do, some may not be able to do. But a lot of it, it's not always about the execution of the shot. Because if, if you can break 100, let's just say, then you've got a decent level of yeah, hitting a golf. You can get around a golf, golf course. Yeah. You're going to shoot roughly 28 over par, 30 over par. So then shooting below 90 isn't actually that much different. It's just making those wild shots a little bit less wild. Correct. Um, now, the difference between shooting... 80 and 70 although it's still 10 shots that is in a lot further apart because it's obviously a lot harder to lose those 10 shots um it's just like yeah make your bad shots that bit better make sensible decisions and i think sometimes i kind of don't like this but i also do like this if you're off 28 let's say well if you're 18 and that's well what's 90 will be 18 over par yeah yeah. it's about the average golfer yeah so if you go out with the... I don't like this man. <laughs> Rick's laughing. It's because I grew up on a past 70. So it always takes me a minute I'm to... Not, I'm to not laughing at that. All oh, right, okay. Um, if you're... Yeah, so if you're wanting to shoot 18 over par, which would be 90, if you actually play every hole, there's a one more par than what it actually is. So the par three, if you're in your head, play as a par four. And I kind of don't like that mentality to some degree, but also I kind of do. It so makes just, sense. It makes... Yeah, makes sense. Forget what par the actual hole just is. Just play it to your par, yeah. And I'm sure then you'll shoot a better score. What are we laughing at? Something else. Something I wouldn't want to say on there. Oh, okay. I'm sorry for everybody listening. Uh, it was a. Uh, I said a, I said a term that ruffled a few feathers this week. Um, quick one. Yeah. Masters. Yeah. Odds have just come in to win the Masters. Okay. Who do you think's Who do you think's the favourite? Um, I'm going to go for um, Rory. He's the third favourite. I'm going to go for Brooks. Whoa, he's the fifth favourite. I'm going to go for Eldrick, Sorry. Tiger Woods. Sorry, no, 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 no. Read it wrong, read it wrong, read <laughs> it wrong, read it wrong. This list isn't in order. <laughs> oh, right, okay. My bad. Right. So was I right with those or not? No. Uh, yeah, you were. So Brooks and Rory are the favourite to win at yep. 10 to 1. This is not a bet in sight. Tiger is next odds, 12 to 1. Then DJ, then Justin, then John Rahm. Uh, da, 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 da. Anyway, I just saw that on Twitter. I thought I'd share that. Right, guys, I think that's the end of the podcast.
Yeah. Might have to add it a little bit of a pause out we had before. Nah, uh, don't worry. In. You guys like a pause, don't you, right? <laughs> you like just a bit of dead air. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned. Lots more to come. Some fun videos coming your way very soon on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We need to do next week, I think, another VIP listener potentially. We've not done a listener of the week this week. So email podcast at ripshields.com. Same protocol as always. I think subject has to be VIP listener. Yeah, okay. Subject. Ed, Ed Brown's going to get rubbed off this wall. They've got to stay on the wall. It's oh. the Ed, Ed Brown wall of... I don't believe... He, he mentioned his name a few too many times last episode and the podcast went down to number 24 in the ranks. Yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So we need someone that's got like a, <laughs> a nice name that's like going to get us up there. Anyway, yeah. So, <laughs> if your so, name fits, you can be VIP. I don't know what we're talking about now. What a ridiculous end to the podcast. I kind of don't want it to end. I'm quite comfy. I'm quite chilled. We're in our new office, by the way. Hopefully, this sounds pretty good. We've got a bigger office. We've got a TV on the wall that has Sky Sports News on. We've got a new dartboard. The light keeps coming out because we've been stationary for so long, 57 minutes. Um, and that's the end of the podcast. Yeah, I might go to the drive range tonight and try my driver out. Don't blame you. After my run or before my run, because I go on a lot of runs. <laughs> On that note, we're going to see you soon. Thanks for listening. Make sure you rate. Make sure you share the Shieldsy Shieldsy podcast show. show. (laughs) And we'll see you next time. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear, and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.